Hi, and welcome to FAC, a podcast for people who know what it's like to work hard all week and want nothing more than an honest drink, Friday after Cube. This is Adam. And this is Asher, and we want to remind you, please drink responsibly and recycle your cans and bottles. Adam, it's good to see you back in the U.S. How was your uh, vacation? It was good. Uh, we spent some time in Mexico, lots of beach, lots of pool. Lots, lots of, of cocktails? Lots of cocktails at the pool bar. <laughs> so it sounds like a pretty good vacation overall. Yeah, we uh, relaxed, hung out, and it was a good time. Trying any interesting cocktails? Because tequila is from Mexico, so I feel like uh, they probably have some, some drink combinations there that you don't see here in the U.S. You know, everything I tried, you could get here pretty easily. Um, we did buy a tequila that, on the way back that is only available in Mexico, Revolucion. Interesting. Yeah. It's got a couple of six-shooter pistols on the bottle. It's kind of cool. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting tequila. That's, uh... <laughs> but no, what I drank the most of there was Mojitos and Tom Collins. Wow. Two non-Mexican drinks. <laughs> no, no. That's... <laughs> I, I didn't drink hardly any tequila while we were there. That's, uh... Which is... I suppose kind of a bad thing, but yeah, no, I mean, then again, you know, Tom Collins is pretty good. So is uh, Mojito. Yeah, I don't think were, he went uh, wrong there. They were <laughs> they were going down easy while sitting in the pool at the swim up bar. So, yeah, no complaints there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, you didn't work too hard while I was gone. Nah, barely worked at all. There you go. Barely awesome. worked at all. <laughs> but uh, from our last episode, we talked about the women's World Cup. And yes, it, we did. It was just starting then. Now, the finals are here. That's right. And fortunately for us, the U.S. made it to the finals. It was a tough, tough couple games. The worst part is, like, I couldn't get to watch some of the games because of the timing and the channels they're on. Yeah, uh, they weren't the most widely available. But I was able to keep keep track online and, you know, keep tabs on the U.S. and catch highlights from games, so... Worked out pretty well. They had to go through the number one team in the world in Germany. In I watched the semis. that. On. I watched that. I followed it online, and that was kind of a, a nail biter, actually. It was. Yeah. I caught. I caught the sec like the second part of the second half in the airport in Chicago on the way back. <laughs> nice. But uh, everybody in the airport was huddled around the TVs at at the bar areas and uh, cheering for the U.S. So mm. it was it was a lot of fun. They won 2-0, and, yeah. and now they get to play Japan. Japan again, actually. This is a, a rematch. rematch of the last Women's World Cup and, uh, final. The England-Japan game was kind of a crazy ending. The, uh, if you haven't watched this, one of the English players did an old goal, so that was a heartbreaking way to leave the cup. Yeah. Now they get to play Germany on the 4th to see who gets third place. So England England has had a great tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, making it much further than they ever had before, but I think they're going to go home as a fourth-place team. Mm-hmm. And they should be happy with that. They should. That I mean, a lot further than they anticipated starting uh, the Cup. So it's uh, it's been a crazy good time. I've watched a lot of, a lot of soccer lately, and mm-hmm. uh, one more game that I'm really excited to tune in for Watch the U.S. women play the Japanese. And hopefully win. Uh, 
I would hope so too. Yes. So in honor of the Women's World Cup, we have chosen drinks from each country, the U.S. and Japan. Adam, do you want to talk about your drink for the U.S.? Yeah, so my drink to represent the United States in our drink version of the final is something that, Asher, you had when we went to St. Louis one time. At the bar, you ordered a uh, bond and a beer. A bond and a beer, yes. The funny thing is, like, when you mentioned you're going to do this drink, uh, it didn't ring to me that I had it before in St. Louis until you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, I remember this now. Yeah, I don't know why it stuck out to me. I just thought it was interesting. But I did uh, some internet research, and while this is kind of a, a classic combination where people get a shot of liquor and a beer chaser, uh, I couldn't find that exact verbiage for it anywhere but on the menu at the place we went to. So... Um, I like the naming, a uh, bond and a beer, but if you search online for recommendations for beers or bonded liquors to have for this, likely you're just going to read about how James Bond is drinking Heineken in the next James Bond movie <laughs> as opposed to martinis. Makes sense. So this name is kind of interesting, bond and a beer. So I, I understand the beer part, but what's the bond? Okay, so the bond is um, an American-made distilled beverage that has been aged and bottled uh, following legal regulations uh, set forth by the United States government standards of identity for distilled spirits. And that was originally laid out in the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. So it's a classic drink, I guess, 1897. That's uh... Yeah, so to be considered a bonded liquor, there are some really specific rules that you have to follow. Um, the liquor must be the product of one distillation season at one distiller at one distillery. It must be aged in federally bonded warehouses. Um, under federally the, bonded? Under the supervision? Or? Yeah, under the supervision of the U.S. government for a minimum of four years, and they have to be bottled at 100 proof or 50% alcohol by volume. That's pretty intense requirements. I didn't realize the U.S. government was involved in actually overseeing the bond yeah and so bonded liquors are a totally U u.s thing yeah nowhere else does this it sounds that like i it. that i've seen so the bottled and bond act came into place because uh, people were back in the 1800s selling uh, whiskey and saying oh you know it's it's this kind of bourbon it's whatever and it's been aged so long but they were really just mixing stuff together and you didn't really know what you were getting so this was a way to kind of standardize um, products so that you knew for sure what you were getting when you bought a bonded liquor and you know what it kind of reminds me of the um, uh, beer laws in germany Mm -hmm. Because they have to be made to like a precise like uh, measurements. Um, um, yeah, you can only from... use certain ingredients. Yes, and so this just makes it a little more level as far as the playing field goes for um, different different whiskeys, primarily. <laughs> but you can have other liquors that are sold in bond. Although today it's pretty much just bourbons. That's really like one thing I still can't get my mind around is like. American beers, for the longest time, they haven't been that great, but bourbons and whiskeys, 
it seems like the government really cares about them and wants to make it sure they're the best with all these laws and yeah that, it's that is really true. strange it's been, yeah i i would agree with that i think that you know there's a lot of a lot of rules and regulations about these drinks to make sure that they're of a certain quality. One other note was these whiskeys that were bonded used to be kind of considered a better value for money because they were uh, bottled at 100 proof as opposed to like what you typically see would be like an 80 proof. Mm. So you're getting more alcohol. More bang for your buck. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Which... I would, when I was reading and researching about this, I would have thought, oh, okay, well, these are going to be more expensive to buy and whatever, but, I mean, these aren't really expensive bottles. Uh, If you find bonded whiskey anymore, I mean, it's usually considered, like, bottom, middle shelf. You're not spending as much as if you go for some expensive bourbons. It's really strange, though, but... It is strange because, I mean, you're getting a higher alcohol content from and it. And apparently, supposedly better quality, too. That's if... I, at least the standardized, standardized okay. quality. So um, it's kind of fallen out of favor. For now, it'll come back. But it, it is interesting <laughs> to, to see all the rules. So we've been talking about the drink or the history of bonding. Shall we try it? Well, we can bond- try the bonded whiskey, but I think we should talk about the the other half of this combo oh, actually you can't the forget beer. the beer and as i recall when we were in st louis you not only got some nice whiskey but you got a classic american beer too paps blue ribbon yeah classic american uh, beer and we're gonna have some of that today too so it's true we've got our our old granddad <laughs> kentucky <laughs> straight bourbon whiskey that's bonded. the name of it yes <laughs> And we're going to chase that with some PBR. So so why is uh, PBR Pabst Blue Ribbon? Where does the Blue Ribbon come in? Well, back in 1893, Pabst won a Blue Ribbon at the Chicago World's Fair for the best, I don't know if it was the best lager or just beer overall, but they won a Blue Ribbon at the Chicago World's Fair, and that's how they have been known as the Blue Ribbon. So, I mean, this is... It's a pretty uh, big deal, because if you were to ask anyone in the street, name a city where the World Fair has been held, most likely they'll say Chicago. True. If, if they even know one. And I think, it, I think it's safe to say that, you know, winning a blue ribbon when you're competing against the world... That's a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. A very big deal. Especially for a, a brewery out of Milwaukee, Milwaukee right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, of course, they've had plenty of time to get their recipe right. Uh, the Paps Brewing Company's been around since 1844, so mm-hmm. they had 50 years to, to sort out. To perfect it before, to perfect end, a, before entering it, into a World's Fair. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, they they got a blue ribbon 120 years ago. And, and it's still in their cans. They, they are sticking by it. So, mm-hmm. so let's try this uh, bond in a beer. Sounds good. We've got the shots poured already, so we'll just pop these PBRs and get ready to taste. All so, right. How should we do it? Shots? To the U.S. Women's National Team. Cheers to that. Hope they win. Ooh. That's actually pretty good bourbon. 
I thought it would burn more because it's a higher alcohol content, but it went down a lot smoother. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the four years in barrels kind of mellows it out. That's true. But, ooh, that was good. It was. I, uh, I'm i pretty pleased with that. I, th- I might give um, bonded bourbons more more of a look, I guess, over other ones. Yeah. If it's, if it's This is like a taste of it. Wow. At least now you know what what rigors it went through to become... <laughs> a bonded a bonded liquor so it's uh definitely got some a pretty stringent <laughs> yeah some rules. stringent requirements yeah. to be what it is and the only liquor and in america pretty damn good with the requirements because i can't see anything else having these requirements because things like beer it's like you're open to do whatever you want with it yeah and then same with thing like vodka uh, rums gins but bourbon it's uh the government really cares about that one well, yeah, if you submit to being bonded, you have to. If you submit to bondage. <laughs> you submit to bondage. You have to follow some certain rules. So well, that's um, it is good to know what what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and PBR is a classic American beer. That's true. I can see why it won a blue ribbon. It is really nice, like on a hot day. Yeah. I mean, as someone who likes various uh you know craft beers and a variety of beer flavors there's something to be said for a simple honest you know four ingredient easy drinking perfect for a picnic kind of beer like Mm. that's yes that's the perfect thing i would describe it too like picnics or like going camping paps works yeah yeah so that pretty much wraps up the american side of things now to the team we hope we think or the team we hope loses on sunday the japanese so i had a task of selecting the japanese drink for today and if you listen to our uh one of our previous episodes about sake you know that's the um a classic japanese liquor so we're going to incorporate that in our drink yeah and i will say also it's very similar (laughs) to the drink you chose too yeah, similar so we concept. have similar concept in drinks, and we have a, a liquor that we learned a lot about a few episodes back. Sake. So if you want to know more about sake, I highly suggest you should check out that episode. Yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting. I, yeah. I learned a lot about sake. I always thought it was a distilled spirit. Now I know that it's brewed. Mm-hmm. It's made with rice. Um, obviously, we need to try making some at home. <laughs> But uh, now that we've talked a little bit about sake, what is the drink exactly that the that sake you're bomb? About oh, hello. So, have okay. you had a sake bomb before, Adam? Yeah, once or twice. Once or twice. It was so, okay. I don't. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> How did you do it's that? A lot of like chugging beer. <laughs> it is a lot of chugging. So the concept of sake bomb is pretty simple. What you need is like a shot of sake and a Japanese beer. The Japanese beer we chose is a Kirin beer. Have you had this one? I have not, but our good friend Abdude went to Japan recently and talked a lot about this and, and the Sapporo. Yes, I've had a Sapporo before because if you go to like a sushi place, they usually have that on hand. He said that that was actually the smallest of the big three beers in really? Japan. And yet That's it the seems smallest? to be the one that we see most often in the U.S., so I don't know how that all works That's out, right. but... Because I've, I've heard of Kirin, and, like, 
I never had it until yesterday. My boss takes back inside try one out before the episode. All right. So, well, it's a pretty good beer, I think. So it'll work well for our sake bomb. It's true. So before we make the sake bombs, a little history might be might be important. I'd love to know more. So the sake bomb, the how it was created was a little bit of a debate. I feel like that's a similar reoccurring um, topic in a lot of our history of cocktails. Don't well, you agree? everybody wants to take credit for something, right? Mm-hmm. That's be true. remembered, have Very. a legacy. <laughs> so one of the um, stories was um, after World War II, when American soldiers were stationed in Japan, um, the Japanese would see them, say, dropping in a liquor with like a beer, and then they started doing that with their own liquor, sake, in their, in their Japanese beer. I wonder if they were having a bond in a beer in Japan. <laughs> that could be. It could be it. They didn't mention it, but... Uh, could be the other one is they mentioned was japanese businessmen were in manhattan and they also saw americans dropping in like liquor into beer and they decided to do it themselves you know i i think it's really interesting that both uh potential creation stories of the sake bomb Mm -hmm. really do incorporate uh an american aspect into a, a japanese what we think of as a really Japanese drink. It is a really, I mean, but it's a very recent Japanese drink too, because both of these happen after World War Two. Right. So, I don't know, but like other stories, other sources, people say the Japanese would never uh, ruin the sake with beer in it. So, I, I can know. believe that I, too. Yeah. So, um, based on what we learned before, the sake is pretty highly regarded, and uh, there's a ritual to it to drinking sake and. Uh, I can see, like, how if you just dump it in beer and chug it, it's not very, um... Uh, so American. It's very... It is American. <laughs> you can definitely tell the American influence in the sake bomb. No doubt. No doubt. So, well, now that we have talked extensively about how it has come to be, mm-hmm. I think we should have one. That's true. Let's pop our, uh... Our here. Kirin Ichiban. Kirin beers. Brewed for good times. Mm. It says so on the label, so you know it must be true. Why would the label lie? Pour it in. I mean, there's no marketing tact or anything, is there? No. Why would beer companies market? I mean, all they need to do is provide a good product and people will buy. That's also true, I suppose. <laughs> all right, so this actually looks really good. Yeah. Uh, it's very clear beer in the it reminds in you. the glass. Yeah. It, it looks... Like a simple lager. Yeah, it does. It's I mean, like, it really does look like your typical American lager. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a little sample of it. Go for it. Tell me what you think. It really just tastes like an American lager. <laughs> I mean, it's very I guess very I, approachable, mm-hmm. light, crisp, um, not like no hop character. Just like the PBR, there's like zero hop character. It goes well with sushi, I'll say that. It's pretty malty, but, you know, not not like thick malty like when you have a scotch ale or something like mm. that you know just pleasant really pleasant and i could see this being another good picnic beer although i'm guessing that since it's made in japan and it's has been... to be shipped it's going to be a little more expensive than picking up a case of pbr yeah, it's a safe assumption to make <laughs> very safe assumption uh let's grab our sake we have it um, already poured there's a couple of ways of putting the sake in the um uh, into the beer you just drop it in there another one Bombs is away. another one is like you put put two chopsticks in there and put this uh, shot on top and, and you pat 
spread the chopsticks? Is you that... pound the table, actually, until it eventually falls in. Oh, so, I've not done that. Apparently, I... that's that's supposed to be that's supposed to, another way to drink it too. Okay. Yeah, I've also seen people just like pour pouring it in works pouring as well. it in, but. I don't think that's nearly as much fun. Huh. Plus, you don't get like all the fizzing, and then it's like, oh, I've got to chug this, yes. so I don't make a mess. That's the thing; you have to chug the beer at the end. So, <sighs> uh, you sound excited, Adam. <laughs> It'll be fun. Let's go. Uh, come pie. Oh. <laughs> You're a champion. We only made a little bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it's really I mean it's a fun drink it's obviously a social drink it's a social drink not like um, not something I'm gonna sit at home and do by myself yeah so, but um, with friends and you know out at a bar or especially if you're getting sushi or if you're at a Japanese steakhouse or something it really is kind of a fun thing to do mm-hmm. But I do understand some, like, Japanese concerns about this ruining the sake because it's a very, it's a fun thing to do, but... I couldn't drink, tell you yeah, that drink. there was sake in it. Yeah. Like, it just, like, during our sake episode, it was, like, a huge ritual. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't pour for myself. I had to pour for you and vice versa. Yes. Whereas this one is just, you know, Just like, casual. hey, buddy, let's drop this and chug, chug it. And, basically, yeah. so... I can understand the concerns of some Japanese people saying this ruins the character of sake. I, I can totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had sake bombs before. Mm-hmm. When you really, I mean, I, when you're chugging beer, you don't really get much flavor profile no. from it or anything. That's why I think this Karen beer was perfect, just because there's no... Yeah, it's light. It's, it's light. You know, it's easy it's drinking. Easy so. drinking, yeah. Perfect for chugging. <laughs> uh, either way, I I enjoyed the sake bomb. It was it was good. It was good. It was a fun drink to do. It is, and yeah. uh, definitely would recommend it if you're out with friends and you know yeah. you want to get a little a little crazy. Yes, it's, it's a fun way to mix up your your normal routine, especially if you have like a long week at work and you just want to yeah. relax, kick back, go kind of crazy, and salute the Japanese. And yes, exactly. And apparently Americans. <laughs> There's some American influences, no in doubt. The sake bomb, no doubt. And if you want to go full on American, grab yourself a bond and a beer. Mm-hmm. Oh, why not just do both? Yeah, why not just? It's one? been a long week. Yes, <laughs> almost always. So that would be great. Oh yeah. Uh, I think that's about it. Other yeah. than saying, "Go USA." Also, we should probably remind the listeners: the game is this Sunday at six, 6 p.m. PM Central. Correct. On Fox. Correct. Whatever. I don't know. We should get paid for that. We should, actually. <laughs> but watch the game. Cheer on the U.S. Join in on the I Believe chant. Mm-hmm. And make yourself a sake bond or a bond in a beer. Very true. Mm-hmm. Enjoy either while cheering the U.S. to victory. Or, I suppose, if you really want to cheer for the Japanese, that's fine, too. We won't <laughs> We won't say no. We won't say no. Just have a good time. That's right. Mm-hmm. As always, we're about having a good time, and... Watching sports should be about having a good time until mm-hmm. your heart gets broken <laughs> when your team loses. But, you know, it's, it should be fun, and hopefully the U.S. does well. And Let's hope so. All right. Yeah. All of our episodes can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, something else probably, too. I think Overcast as well. Awesome. 
you should and follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram. Yeah, because we're cool and sometimes post interesting stuff. Yeah. Pictures, pose, tweets, pose, all that sort of thing. Some of them are even funny. I mean, <laughs> I, not often. Not promising. Some of them. I'm not promising much humor, but we try. Mm-hmm. Our music was composed by Vanessa. Our logo was created by Siri, and sound equipment was provided by Adam's wife. Yes, wife. My, she is officially my wife. Wife Danielle. Does yep. that sound weird? You know, not not as weird when she and I say husband or wife to each other. I mean, we joke about it a lot and have for a, a while. But she likes to comment that it seems weird when someone else refers to us as husband or wife. Like, she's still not used <laughs> to that. Yeah, it's, I know, you guys got married a couple weeks ago, so it's yeah, just... Yeah, it's uh, still pretty fresh. It's still pretty fresh, yeah. Things are going well. Two weeks in, things are going well. <laughs> That's good I would hope so, after special vacation together. In I know, right? Yeah. Uh, As always, please recycle your cans and bottles. And, and always, always drink responsibly, even if you're doing sake bottles. <laughs> Correct. And also, go USA. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Cheers.